Welcome to the Boss Lady Podcast, a podcast that gives you the edge. Each episode, we will be discussing strategies, tools, and techniques to support and empower all women. We'll break down the best ways to secure your deserved seat at leadership tables like serving on boards, being in the C-suite, or running for elective office. I'm Teresa Rand, and this is the Boss Lady Podcast. Al Smith here with the founder and CEO, Boss Lady, Teresa Ann. Teresa, here we are once again. All right, we're back. We keep we showing back. up. Yes, <laughs> and we, we have a great show today. Yeah, we, we do. Very special guest, Dr. Pat Baxter, coming up. So we'll do a little of our stuff now, but we really want to leave a lot of space yeah. and time for an interview. I know this is a subject that uh, you know a lot about. You've mm-hmm. been through the training. Yep. Um, in intellectual intelligence, right? Emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence. Emotional. Yeah, I haven't had my intellectual intelligence tested. Repetitive. Don't want that one. Emotional. But emotional intelligence. Yeah. Intelligence. Yeah. I'm almost scared to take that. I know, right? It's good. Is it? It's good stuff. Kind of opens your eyes. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. Put that on your list. But for those who maybe those who haven't uh, listened to this for the first time. Tell us what Boss Lady is and how people can get involved. Yeah, absolutely. Boss Lady is a community that actually started here locally about three years ago. And I know there's a lot of different Boss Lady communities, but a young lady by the name of Lacey started ours here, and then she moved to Mexico. And it's a long story. You can go back to the very first introductory podcast and hear the whole long story. But uh, I went to Lacey and said story. I wanted to restart it and so bought all the logo the intellectual property all that stuff from her and restarted Boss Lady which has been a year this month so um, you can join Boss Lady as a member it's $25 a month I keep the price low because I want it to be open to anyone and it really is a community where a community of women where we embrace empower and educate each other and it's a great support network of women um, I call it, you know, no pun intended, a random group of women that come together and learn and lean on each other. And we meet virtually twice a week. You can go to TeresaRanConsulting.com and get the schedule, get the application, get all the information um, about what a special and unique group that this really is. And because we meet virtually, it's one of the blessings of covid we quit meeting physically, and we meet virtually, and now we have people from all over the state, and we hope eventually all over the yeah, country the idea, joining right? us. So a lot of our guests have been on the educational part of what we do. So yeah, check so, it out. Yeah, and it's so important, you know, especially now that we're all feeling kind of yeah. separated, time to kind of come together, and then just the whole mastermind theory yeah. right, of, of just minds coming together. Yeah, and exactly. And what I've learned a lot of times in mastermind situations is helping somebody out with their problem— that comes back and help it every comes back time and me just by me thinking about somebody every else's time right? you know Anybody's we always on. talk about on our monday call what do we need what are we doing what are we working on how is COVID affecting us um you know we may talk about you know the kids in school or not school we we talk about this podcast they help me find guests we 
we talk about people that have lost their jobs. There are women on there that have lost their jobs. There are women on there that quit their jobs to start something different. It's just a check-in. And then our Thursday after, Thursday night calls are educational. We've had family physicians, therapists, uh, financial planners during this time helping us through all the um, CARES Act stuff and what we could apply for as entrepreneurs or business owners. So it really is a group of women from all walks of life and all ages. Yeah. My youngest member is 23. My oldest member is in her 80s. And we learn a lot from each other. So really cool. And one of the cool things you do with Play On Your Name is your random thought of yeah. day on your Facebook page. So we, we kind of got a little contest going on that. And so tell us about yeah, that. Yeah, if you call one 825 which is T for Teresa, BL for Boss Lady, dash Rand, R-A-N-D, and leave your random thought of the day, and I use it on the show, then you get a really cool Boss Lady gift uh, that I send to you. So you can call that number. You can certainly go on my website and leave me a message as well. But if you call that number, our um, very intelligent producer will figure out how to put it in the on the show with your voice so i'm waiting to do that but our thought for today and i love how the universe lines it up i've said this before but so far every episode i've gotten a thought that really went with what the topic of the day was so our thought today is from julie young who happens to be a boss lady and it is to know and love ourselves and others well is the most difficult and meaningful work we will ever do. To know and love ourselves and others well is the most difficult and meaningful work we will ever do. And with Dr. Pat here to talk about emotional intelligence and the assessment and what that that means is certainly a way to get to know ourselves. Absolutely. All right, so hang tight. We'll be right back with Dr. Pat Baxter. Whether you are an entrepreneur, climbing the corporate ladder, or a stay-at-home mom, you are a boss lady. Check out TeresaRanConsulting.com and find out how you can join our unique group of women. Together, we are cultivating growth by embracing, empowering, and educating each other. Check us out today. So we are going to jump right in this evening and start uh, introducing a guest that I'm so incredibly excited about, Dr. Patricia Baxter, goes by Dr. Pat, and um, I want to read her bio, and then from there, we're going to jump into a conversation, and I think you will be as excited as I am when you hear all about what Dr. Pat's done and is still doing and this may be a podcast that has part one, two, and three. We'll just see how it goes. <laughs> so here we go. From the start of her career to today, Pat has committed herself to being the resource for emerging women leaders that she never had. Her firm provides coaching, consulting, and training on what everyone now knows makes good leaders great, emotional intelligence. She also specializes in helping teams cope with conflict and build stronger, compassionate, and empathetic interpersonal relationships by helping them work with the emotional aspects of conflict. Her first book, Cool Change, Turning Emotions into Leadership Strengths, 
about her hard-won lessons as a woman in the male-dominated world of Wall Street, received praise for its practical advice for when you're the only woman at the table. Her new book, 101 Ways to Build and Grow Awesome Teams with Emotional Intelligence, Emotional Intelligence, released earlier this year, is a common-sense resource for on-the-ground leaders that builds trust, that sustains teams in tough times like those we're experiencing now. A native New Yorker of Puerto Rican heritage, Dr. Pat currently resides in Jacksonville, Florida. Welcome, Dr. Pat. I'm so excited we finally got this together. Oh, thank you very much. So am I. I'm so excited to be with you. You know how much I admire you and all the work that you've done. So it's great to be here with you. Well, first of all, I do want to give you my condolences on the recent loss of your dad. Uh, I know that happened when we had our first schedule to have the podcast. So I know it's been a long road and you're still dealing with all that. So I really appreciate you reaching back out and making the effort to reschedule. So, Absolutely. Um, thank you very much for understanding um, that kind of compassion tells me a lot about someone. Well, thank you. So there's so many things just in your bio that um, talking about where you said women leaders that you never had, because if anybody that's listened to my first podcast knows, and you and I've had this conversation, I feel an obligation to give back to women that are in the workforce, younger women, if you will, to learn lessons that I didn't have anybody teach me. So that excites yeah. me. And then I could talk, I want to hear all about the male-dominated world of Wall Street. And then when you're the only woman at the table, and there's just so much in that. So I'm going to have to contain myself. But <laughs> if you could start with giving me one or two stories about your hard-won "Quote unquote lessons as a woman in that male-dominated world of Wall Street." Well, uh, certainly, I've been around long enough to have quite a few stories. <laughs> um, one that actually I wrote about in in Cool Change. Really, it's it's still fresh to me, and I and I keep analyzing because. It tells me so much about me and, and the world. Um, so I was a, a an upstart uh, vice president in a ma- major bank uh, in the technology section of this bank uh, on Wall Street. And uh, there was a project that I really wanted to get started, but it required a bit of money. So my boss, she, she wasn't amazing. This was one of the few women leaders that I knew of in, in the Wall Street uh, area. And she hired me. So, and, she, and we're still in touch <laughs> so many years later. Um, she, she managed to get uh, a, an appointment or a meeting with myself and two senior vice presidents of the bank for uh, find, helping me find funding, and I hoped that they would be my direct access to mm-hmm. to the funding. So I'm uh, I'm laying everything out. I'm standing. I'm I'm in, I'm really just so enthusiastic. And one of the vice presidents, and and 
once once I had finished my presentation, I went back to sit down at the table. And one of the vice presidents uh, started to say, well, you know, it's uh, it's interesting, but, you know, we're going to go back and take a look at your proposal and um, you know, we'll, we'll ask more questions. And I thought, I mean, what I was hearing was blah, 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 blah. You're not going to fund me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just, I just stood up. I just pushed my chair back, stood up. And <laughs> I don't know where I got this idea, but I slammed my fist on the table. We need to get this done, says the young upstart. <laughs> and I could have been fired right then, right there right. and then. And um, I know my boss looked at me, you know, a little sideways. Um, and I was just standing there and, and just flushed with excitement and, and maybe a touch of uh, anger. And the vice president, uh, senior vice president, crossed the table from me. He could have said, you know, get this one out of here. Um, But no, he looked at me and said, it's wonderful to see such enthusiasm for such a project. And I was like, I was blown away. Yeah. I was like, holy smokes. Okay. And I sat down. (laughs) 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 And I sat down because I, I truly, I realized how much jeopardy I had put myself in. And here was what I call uh, a lesson in emotional intelligence and, dare I say, mercy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and and I I just never forgot that. Yeah, and just the ability, and, you know, sometimes maybe youth has something to do with that, but just to take that on us, to stand up and take that risk. Um, what a lesson... Mm-hmm to learn early on in your career that it's okay to do that because so often we sit back. I'm actually taking a course from uh, Cornell University, an online course on women uh, and the double bind, women and negotiating mm-hmm. skills, women in leadership. And actually my module today was just about us as females not speaking up and using um, the words they use is taking charge that we don't mm-hmm. use that side. They do a lot of work with Myers-Briggs. They, we don't use that side of our personality, we, which is considered the male-dominated side as opposed to the female side of taking care instead of taking charge. And um, yeah. so that's a great example of that. So emotional intelligence. Uh, and later on, I reread all of my uh, emotional intelligence stuff that you did with me a few I guess a month ago now, and was looking back through it today. So I wanted to give our listeners an opportunity to really understand what it is you do with this assessment, if you will. But why emotional intelligence? I mean, you've been doing this for a long time, and obviously your books are on that, your keynote speeches. um, You've got one, How Emotions Make Women Good, Better, and Best Leaders, and then Do Women Leadership Leaders Have an Advantage? And you relate that all back to this emotional intelligence. So can you kind mm-hmm. of give, you know, we're, I'm not going to make the assumption that everybody knows what that means and that there is even an uh, assessment. Al, have you ever had an exec- emotional intelligence assessment done? 
Okay, well, we we got to put that on our list. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm a little fearful. <laughs> so, so why describe to the layperson, if you will, Doctor Pat, emotional intelligence? What does that mean, and why is it important? Uh, essentially, it is the ability to recognize emotions as they are emerging in yourself and in others. And once you recognize it, you have power over it. You're able to listen to yourself. You, you also, one of the things I, I always advocate is before you get to that point where things are bubbling up and maybe bubbling over, know your triggers. We all have triggers. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, that's something that I, I always advocate for for the people because I, I will I do focus on on women leaders, but I have coached uh, male leaders as well, and uh, the ability to recognize that some emotion is beginning to emerge, uh, and someone either said something, did something. I actually had one. Uh, she was an SVP as well, and uh, she could not get a deal done for some reason. And her manager called me and said, you know, Pat, you can you help her somehow? Because we need to get this deal done, and it's not happening. And she's been working on it for months. So I had the chance to sit down with her. Uh, and after uh, discussion and my listening, because that's one of the key things to, to have as when you're in this particular kind of world, is to n- know how to listen very carefully. It turned out that the reason she couldn't get this deal with, done is the person she was negotiating with reminded her of her ex-husband. Oh, wow. Yeah, that'll that'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> Intelligence is out the window. (laughs) (laughs) No, your triggers. There you go. I think you just found one of mine. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's so fascinating to me. Um, And I recently have you or do you know or have you heard of a speaker called John Spence? And I know this was not in your notes ahead of time. I thought about this when I was preparing, but he spoke at an event I went to for the Jacksonville Women's Network annual meeting in January. Seems like a mm-hmm. year ago. And he taught his subject was the future of work. And he was really talking about artificial intelligence and how everybody's afraid they're going to take all our jobs, so on and so forth. And he said, if there's one thing you need to know to survive in the workforce, the future of the workforce, it is your emotional intelligence. And I remember writing that down on the notepad um, mm-hmm. because he said that is what makes us human. It is what makes us different from anything. They can't put emotional intelligence in artificial intelligence because it's people mm-hmm. driving that. Um, so I thought that was very interesting And um, when he said that and then in conversations with you. And I know when you did my emotional, um, <clears throat> excuse me, intelligence format. And just so the listeners know, you get a score and there's low, mid, and high ranges. And then there's, you can tell me, Dr. Pat, how many, but 
I just pulled out my highest three and my lowest three mm-hmm. just to kind of give people an understanding their self-actualization, stress tolerance, optimism, flexibility, emotional expression, interpersonal relationships. Um, I know I'm missing a bunch of them. Stress management, decision making. And you literally get scores based on um, your leadership ability. And one of my highest was optimism. And then one of my lowest was interpersonal relationships. And then your report gives me ways, tools, and action items to work on those, um, which is incredibly important. Uh, How many are there? Just talk a little more about the assessment and how you use that to coach someone. Well, um, w- one of my my personal rules of thumb around that assessment, the the EQI two point um, and it and it's based on, um, of course, research that goes back oh about. Uh, about 30 years mm-hmm. now. I mean, emotional intelligence is not new per se, mm-hmm. but it's kind of new to us in, in, in business. And there, there's about, um, about 30, 35. Um, there actually are lots of new ones, nuances, uh, with an emotion. So for, for example, there's, um, let's say, uh, uh Sad. There are so many shades to sad. Mm. You can be despondent. You could be, um, you know, a little, a little unhappy. There's so many shades in between. Right. And with with the EQI, one of the things I, I always ask my my clients to consider is. Like you mentioned, there are three that are your strengths. You you do this almost, you know, unconsciously. And then you have three that are ones that could be your Achilles heel. Right. And I always, I've always, and I think, I think in our session, I mentioned this as, as well. I always advocate that you focus on what you're good at already. Right. What what you are? I mean, optimism. Boy, could we use some? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Only way to get out of bed these days, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But you know, and in optimism, I you know, I, I, I've been working with with one client. Optimism is is something that is not not natural, if you will, right? Uh, not something she has learned. Uh, we can all we can all fake it for a while, but there are going to be situations where you can't. Right. It'll be evident that you really don't feel that that way. Uh, and it's the the three that are that those lower lower skills that you know, frankly, you just need to be aware of. Uh, and know what your triggers are in each one of those um, lower scores. And, you know, like I said, there's there's so many nuances to it. Um, I, I always um, say that, that if you don't know enough about emotional intelligence, certainly there there's a, a, a plethora right. of work now around emotional intelligence. But... Uh, 
I I ask people who are unfamiliar with it to start with the Disney movie Inside Out. Okay, that that's all about um, that's all about the the core emotions, and it takes place in in the place where these emotions reside, and that's in our brain. Mm. Um, there are there are some uh, emotions that emerge with a flood of of hormones. Right. We are we are homo- hormonal creatures, uh, and if we're aware that certain things trigger those hor- hormones co- coming up and and flooding your your brain, uh, you can be better prepared to to handle that. Right. Um, and that's that's one of the big keys to working with your emotional intelligence, and that is you can handle it if you are prepared for it. Right. And if you know, as I said before, if you know triggers, uh, you know that looks like a lot like your ex-husband. Right. And you've become aware of it. Uh, you can find ways to... Um, either divert uh, the conversation or not not use triggering words or visuals in your brain. You know, we have a movie going on constantly in in our brain, and we can actually uh, just play over and over again the good, the bad, and the ugly. Right. I call that, that my happened. committee. I call that the committee in oh, my head. You're, that, that makes perfect sense because there's lots they're of telling them. you, yeah, they're they're telling you how how to how to run it, yeah. and um, with 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 that that movie that I just mentioned, it it, it gives a very simple um, because you can get when you start to to you know dissect what's in the brain. I found it fascinating, right? But when you start to dissect it. Um, you, you you might feel that you don't have control over it, and it could be one of the few things you do have control over. Right. You know what I you know how it works. Yeah, find very interesting, as you well know, and I think we talked about it in a in another episode. I'm a coach using the Gallup Strength Finders assessment, oh, which, yeah. similar to what you said, you want to really focus on what you're good at, what you naturally think, say, feel, and believe. You know. Um, because I, I tell people, and I used to tell my employees, you can be a totally different person at home and work for a little while, but eventually that's just not going to work. Because I know you you talk about smarter emotions, balancing the head and the heart. You know, mm-hmm. Obviously, there's business etiquette and there's a professional way we act at work, but it can't be completely different from the way we are at home, or it's just going to blow up at some point. And mm-hmm. focusing, so the question I have in that is when I do a strength assessment on a client and it gives the top five strengths, those things that we want people to focus on, some of your highest three subscales, there's also what I call a dark side to that. So there's a light and a dark side. Um, and one example is my top strength is um, achiever, which sounds like, oh, that's great. I can achieve things which is really, really good for me until I've got a massive deadline or I'm under a lot of stress, and then I'm still going to achieve. But when it's over, there may be a whole lot of dead bodies behind me. So Mm -hmm. 
it's and even when I look at my emotional intelligence, while I'm strong on self-actualization and stress tolerance, one of my lower scores is interpersonal relationships, which is matches up to my Myers-Briggs. It matches up to my strength finders because it's not that I don't care about people. I care about really, really, I have a close knit group of people and I'm more concerned mm-hmm. about getting a job done. So knowing that about myself I can make sure every day I'm taking time to reach out to someone to, I know as a CEO, to make sure I thanked people enough because I don't really need thanking. I'm just going to get it done. But that's not how everybody works. So your work in the workforce, I imagine when you get a team together and figure out all their... um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's got to be... A very interesting conversation and helpful for productivity. It, it absolutely is. As a matter of fact, it's one of my favorite things to do. Um, working with a team that has not worked together before, it's a special project or assignment or something like that, and and doing the pro, the the uh, profile. And I, I've actually shown the profile when we're getting started on, on a project. And I, I, I uh, put it up there on the screen, and all of a sudden people go, oh. <laughs> yeah, that's why you do that. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's, it's, you know, and when I hear that, I know that there's been some, some recognition. Some, you know, maybe group recognition, but certainly individual recognition of, you know, why people um, act and and say, you know, the things that that they do. Um, And then layer on top of that, the culture. Mm, Yeah. The the culture around, you know, how, how are we supposed to act? You know, are we supposed to always defer to the person with the highest, you know, title? Right. Um, do do we do we not talk to certain people because we're we're concerned they're going to say something negative about us? Um, team that that formula and and it's interesting. Not not all organizations think that one through. Um, you know who you're you're putting on certain teams and why. Right, right. That makes a lot of sense. So we, I talked earlier about some of your speech topics, uh, and one of them says, you know, literally you have the question on your website, do women leaders have an advantage? So it begs the question, mm-hmm. do they? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I was hoping the answer was. <laughs> I just, I, I, I just cut, cut through to it. Um when when I was doing my, my doctoral dissertation and research, um, the 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 basic premise was uh, that I having been in HR for so many years, I really believed that the least prepared group of professionals to handle the kinds of emergencies. Uh, that happened in organizations was the HR group. Mm. And that was heresy. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. I, but but I, I saw it. I saw it firsthand in my, my colleagues because when, when 
some, you know, some senior person or some group came to HR. Um, it wasn't to, to exchange recipes. Yeah. yeah. Sure. It, it, it was, yeah, it was to have a very serious conversation about something that was very serious. And I would, I would see once the, the, the work, the, the um, conversation had finished and everyone went, went out the door, my HR colleagues were totally drained. Um, and I, I, I said, there's got to be some way to, to reinforce or to support, um, my colleagues because there, it is a very emotional thing, especially when there's someone sitting across the table from you that has, has just been insulted um, sometimes assaulted right. and, you know, verbally or physically. And it's, and it's exhausting to, to take that on yourself and with, with the sense that, oh, I've got to come up with an answer. I've got to come up with a perfect way to handle it right. or the perfect thing to say. Um, and so when I, when I did my, my doctoral uh, research, I decided to do it on what I thought I knew the, the most of the group that I knew the most in the HR professionals. And one of the aspects that I sliced and diced the, the data by was male-female. And I was looking at, based on all of these results, you know, where did male HR professionals and female uh, uh, HR professionals uh, differ, and certainly one of the things that I, that I saw was around the aspect of communication, how people, uh, how HR uh, professionals—that's that's mission critical—is how how do you show someone that you actually care? Right. What happens? Um, and then the fe- the female HR professionals simply had a, a deeper way to connect with people, to show something else that is, is really huge. And as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm writing uh, an article on this, empathy, mm, yeah. that, that, uh, that, ability, um, that ability to connect with someone by not, not totally drowning yourself in, right. in the feeling, but understanding what they're feeling and why they might be feeling it. Um, and that, that was um, the, the key difference. Um, and I, I really believe it has a lot to do with our biology. Yeah, yeah. And you know, this course I referred to that I'm taking at Cornell, again, yeah. talks about the male-female traits with the male more dominated, and whether it's it's born or or what's the words I'm looking for um, taught is a whole nother conversation. But yeah, it more of the male tendencies are taking charge, and the female tendencies are taking care. But what I hear you saying is that we don't need to get rid of those taking care emotions because they no. can be helpful. Um, you know, so many years, especially when I was starting, you didn't show emotions in work. You know, if you did, you were either called a bad name or 
and God forbid if you cried or, I mean, you just, you know, you're acting like a woman. I mean, all those things we hear. And now I think we're finding, and what you're saying is that women need to use what we're naturally, biologically, whatever your belief is, the traits that we have. It's interesting. I'm reminded of of, um, a story that I got from someone I was working with uh, also on Wall Street. And she... She simply had this gift to, I know there's probably a better word, but it was a gift to help people open up and tell her what was really going on. Yeah. And there are some times where that, that really, that ability is the difference between success and failure Yeah. with, with projects, with teams. Um, with dealing with your leadership, right? To get someone to uh, to open up and say, you know, what's really going on is I feel, I feel offended. I feel powerless. I feel it, to get people to say that out loud, especially in a business environment, right? Right. That's a that is, as I said, I believe it's it's a gift, and to have, I think. Even more than that, one of the things I, I always, when, whenever I'm doing a presentation or, or I'm speaking about um, EI, is EI begins and ends with self-awareness. Yeah, that's know, the key. Knowing, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Know yourself. Um, that's why, you know, even before I begin to work with someone, um, I, I once said to, to a, a young man, first, we have to find out who you are and how you are presenting yourself, not only to others, but to yourself. Right, right. And that's how we're going to be able to take that and, and use it and maybe reformat it a little bit right. so it works to your advantage. Well, our random thought today that we started the show with was uh, by Julie Young, a listener, and it says it was to know and love ourselves and others well is the most difficult and meaningful work we will ever do. And this is part of knowing yourself. Um, we, as I knew, we're going to, uh, time I knew would fly in chatting with you, and I, I don't want to be remiss and let you chat about your books a little bit. All of your connection, how to find you, all of that will be um, as part of the podcast. It goes on my website. So anybody that wants to find you and and dig into your LinkedIn or your uh, website and you look to you for coaching or keynote speaking, even if it is via Zoom these days, whatever, um, mm-hmm. there's a plethora of knowledge out there. We'll have all of that on my website, which is TeresaRanConsulting.com, and that will go up. Uh, same day this podcast goes out, so they will easily be able to find you if they're listening to this. But you've written two books, and um, mm-hmm. the most recent one, did it just come out, I believe? Or was it, it last year? Out, um, it actually, it came out earlier this year, yeah. like March. Right. Um, <laughs> and I wrote that for team leaders. Okay, uh, awesome. Because Sometimes in the moment, you you just need some kind of um, activity 
to start people talking and, and engaging right. with each other and, you know, and understanding they're, they're on a team, uh, not a team of one, but a team of many. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I'm working on my next book, which is an interesting take for me. Um, it's, a con- it's understanding the connection between emotional intelligence and gratitude practice. Oh, wow. I love that. And it's been it's been very interesting. That's something that I've started to not started, but been integrating into my life is that that gratitude practice. You know, being aware, which is again self awareness. Right. What are you are you grateful for? Um, so I'm I'm working on that. I would say that'll be out either the very end of this year or the beginning of next. Great. And you can find your current books on Amazon. Uh, on Amazon and on my website. Okay, perfect. And then your website gives all the information if somebody wanted to reach out to you for coaching, their assessment done, all of that. um, You are open for business, right? (laughs) Absolutely. And you're right. You know, Zoom for me has been quite useful. Yeah. Uh, And that that has, has worked well. And one of the things that I'm going to be putting up uh, on my my uh, website and my LinkedIn is um, twice a year, uh, I offer a package that provides uh, EI, the EI, um, EQI 2.0 assessment uh, and an hour coaching with me. Oh, wow. Okay, great. And that, you know, that usually will cost uh, a bit, but for twice a year, I, I price it down to four ninety seven. Yeah, awesome. And that, that, gives, that gives people an uh, access yeah, to some tools as well. So. And I know from personal experience, having done that with you, um, that an hour is, is a great start. And then when you really yeah. read through, I mean, I've read my report probably three or four times and not just in preparation for this, but I keep it on my desk and I, and I did find the one I took years ago uh, that I'd love to share with you one day. It's a little different than yours. I think um, it was probably 25 years ago, so I'm sure it's changed a little, but it's just fascinating to, even if you take a five minute break in your day and look at your report and go, Oh, that's why I'm feeling this way. Or, mm-hmm. you know, that's why that conversation did not go so well just then because I did this or that. Or, you know, it, it's just, it's so very helpful to, and again, I know we keep saying it, but to be self-aware of, yeah. of you know, what makes you tick. And um, so I, I can't say enough about that hour I spent with you and the report in and of itself is 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 written yeah. is written for a layperson as well, so it's not something that you don't have a clue what it's saying to you. Um, yeah, and it, it, the, the the big thing about the EQI um, is that it has a segment, and you you know we we talked about this about well being. Yes, and that really is a big hot topic yep. these days about how do how do we gain and maintain our, our well-being so that 
we can live fully. Absolutely. And you're preaching to the choir as a yoga guru oh, yeah. and a meditation guru, I think. And it's like you said, smarter, emo- smarter emotions. It's balancing the head and the heart and the body. You know, all of that really makes a difference in, in our well-being. So, Al, what are you thinking over there? <laughs> well, no, I, I, the correlation between self-awareness and knowledge, I think, is, is mm-hmm. what I'm taking from this. Mm-hmm. Is knowing, knowing your intellectual intelligence will let you, um, your IQ, right? Your, yeah, so exactly. So, knowing that allows you to um, better interact with the world. And then, if you're on a team, understanding what the other person says yeah. helps you... Uh, to get along better, so exactly, yeah, yeah, it gives you options. Even with you your know, you're family, not, you're not guessing. Yeah, I was going to yes. say family oh, with your family. Not. So important. I mean, I know we're talking about work, but just knowing this about yourself or your spouse or your children yeah. um, mm-hmm. is incredibly helpful. Um, you know, to to just know what, like I said, what makes us tick. So I'm going to ask you a couple of random questions as we uh, run oh. run through our last minute or two here. So the first one's always good. I love this one. What one piece of advice would you give your younger self? Open your mouth more. Oh, more. I love that. Tell tell people what you're you're thinking because you got you got good ideas. I like that a lot. Some people around me may not want me to like it, but I love that. I love that. So what Mm -hmm. book are you reading right now? Oh, gosh. (laughs) Several, as as always. Um, And I'm always picking them. (laughs) Yesterday, the day before yesterday, I started a new one. uh, And it's called, and it may not be the exact title. I don't have it in front of me. uh, Managing Your Monkey Mind. Oh, wow. (laughs) <laughs> which like is that. all about it talks about anxiety yeah and how it affects us and how it it makes monkeys in yeah. your mind um and my my i have a mastermind uh that i am part of and we very often talk about the monkey mind yep and when I saw this book, I went, oh, yeah, <laughs> I think I better read this one because I, you, you, you can't deal with something unless you understand it and right. know exactly what it right. is. Well, I, as, as the listeners know, I love to read, so I will add that to my list, especially now. I haven't talked to anybody, whether a client or a personal friend, that's not feeling some anxiety right now. Uh, oh, more than even people that normally aren't feeling anxiety. It, it's just it's just an odd time. So beach or mountains, Dr. Pat? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Beach or mountains? Which oh, beach. Is beach, I figured. I think I know beach. this one. Dog or cat? <laughs> Ooh, um, if you promise not to tell. Because, <laughs> you know, that my, my uh, agent... Uh, here are our cats. Yeah, Tabitha and and Phoebe, but dogs. How, how do oh, you wow. not love dogs? I know, right? I right. I had right. so many. I had so many in my life. I, the the last one we had was uh, what I call a Jack Russell terror. Oh yeah, yeah, Jack Russell terror. <laughs> yeah, I got it. I got it. And then last one, chocolate or chips? 
Why not chocolate and chips? I know. Somebody last, a couple episodes ago, somebody said chocolate covered chips. I was like, okay, I'm going to have to change the question. (laughs) Uh, Oh, yeah. I've I've got chocolate covered pretzels in my fridge. Yeah, there you go. I actually have some chocolate. My birthday was yesterday, so I actually have some chocolate chip. Chocolate-covered strawberries in my refrigerator that somebody sent me, which oh. are amazing. Well, well I knew I knew that this time with you would go way too quickly, and I'm very serious that maybe we do once a quarter or something together because I think we can just talk forever about emotional <laughs> intelligence, about your experiences, what you offer um, as a human, but in your business. So I want to end by saying I would love to invite you back, not to put you on the spot or anything. If you say no, I'll edit this out. <laughs> oh, you can count on me coming back. It's, it's, been, it's been a pleasure to, to, to talk with you, first of all. I am honored that you've asked me to come back. Yeah. Um, and I'm so glad we met. I am as well. I am as well, Pat. And when we when you come back, we'll tell that story. It's just wonderful how the universe works things out and puts the right people yep. in front of you when the time is right. So as That's always, right. speaking of the time, um, I lost my grandfather a few years ago, but he always told us. And so I end every show and actually every yoga class I teach, I end with... Um, what he used to tell us when we were growing up, and especially as we became busy adults, was to always take time to stop and smell the roses. So I offer that to you. I offer that to the listeners. And until we meet again, thank you so very much. Thank you. As I said, I'm honored to be here. Awesome. So much fun. 